Okay, we start off a new sefer in ba, in Bamidbar Tavshin Ayin Beis, and also discussing Shavuos a little bit at the end. As we know, Bamidbar is always worked out to be the week before Shavuos, in that we need the Tochacha to be the week before the week before Shavuos. So we start off with the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. Number of Medrashim that we will get into tonight. Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha tells us. Source number one quotes it. In three, with three things, in three ways, the Torah was given. Ba'esh, ba'mayim, u'ba'midbar. With fire, as we know, kolos uvrakim. There's a lot of implicit connections between ba'midbar and shvuas. We'll also have some explicit ones as we go along. So three things the Torah was given in with the chulu. Ba'esh with fire. The Torah was given with fire at Sinai. The fire of Har Sinai. Ba'mayim with water. Uba'midbar. And in the desert. Ma'elu chinam l'chol ba'eh ha'olam. The Medrash says, just like all these three things are free, you don't have to pay for fire. You don't have to pay for, maybe you have to pay for a match, but not too much. You have to pay for water or desert, sand and sun. Don't pay for that. Af divrei Torah chinamim. So too, Torah is free. Torah is open to anybody. Just walk into a shul, take out a sefer. Just go anywhere. Torah is free. That's the Medrash. So just start off with a small thought from Ravadi Yosef, it's quoted here in the Penine HaTorah. And then Masech Zadarim, it expands on the Medrash. Nomar, Kishem Shemosha Rabbeinu Limeid as HaTorah HaKadosh Am Yisrael B'Chinam. Just like Moshe taught Am Yisrael the Torah for free. Kach Yish L'Kol Echad Yisrael Olam Tov Lachem So two old Jews should teach for free. This is a major halachic discussion, not for now, in terms of of a, of a Rav or a Rebbe. Uh, Parnasa, how, how does that work? Okay. We're not going to get to the halachas right now. But now we're going to get into the message. What's the message of the Torah being for free? The Torah is like water and fire. V'hatam lazeh line 5. Ki hitbiya ha-kadosh baruchu ba-olamo. Hashem put into the nature of the world. Shekal davar shehu chiyuni yoter, yehei bezol yoter. The more basic an item, the more of a necessity an item is, the cheaper it is, and the easier it is to get for a person. Diamonds aren't cheap. We don't need diamonds to live. Bread is not so expensive. Bread is a staple of society. Kodesh Baruch Hu made the world that way. Hashem put it into the Bria that bread is going to be cheap because you need bread to live on. As the Pasuk says in Sefer Dvarim. Aval habasar, meat, is more expensive than bread because meat's a delicacy. Basar, who mitzvah shall mozarot? Lachenu, yoter yakam in alechem. Sheaf shall lechios beladi abasar. You can live without meat, you can't live without bread. Vekama anashem simchoniim. There are vegetarians out there. They don't live with meat. So bread is cheaper than diamonds because you need bread to live. But there's something cheaper than bread. And that's water. You need even water is a more basic ingredient to life than bread is. Water isn't just to drink. To wash, to, to rinse. So water is even cheaper. And go one step further. Still, water might cost something. Air. You don't have to pay for 
for air. Doesn't matter how miserly a person wants to be with their workers, air is free. You have to pay for air. ba'apo hu Nobody ever thought of putting a tax on every breath you take. Right? No. Because air is free. The more basic an item is, it's free. You can't live without it. If you can't live without it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it free. Now we get back to the Medrash. Torah is free. You don't have to pay for Torah. Right? Torah is free. You can't live without it. It's basic. It's like Mayim. It's like Aish. It's like dirt. It's like Midbar. You have to need dirt to walk on. Torah has to be free because that's the message of, of life, the message of Bamidbar, the message of Aish, Mayim, and Midbar. Torah is there for all. Torah is our heir. Torah is what we need to live. Okay. Okay, now let's get into the a general question which we have to ask. And that is, we are about to start Sefer Bamidbar. Bamidbar is not the name of the Sefer in the Midrashim. Just like Vayikra is not the name of the Sefer in Midrashim. Vayikra is called Torah's Kohanim. Bracious, that's a good question. The Gemara Navodazara calls it Sefer Hayashar. Second pe- Sefer, Shmos, we spoke a couple of years ago, the Nitziv, which we'll get to in a minute. Sefer HaGeula. Number two, Dvarim Mishnah Torah. What about Bamidbar? Chumash HaFakudim. The Chumash of the Countings. Yes, there are countings in Sefer Bamidbar. Asks the Nitziv, I could think of ten more exciting stories in Sefer Bamidbar than when they got counted. Somehow, after the what does that capture what Bamidbar is all about? The countings? You know, think of what happens in this Sefer. At Baloscha, it's amazing stories. Korach, Bilam, Pinchas. It's a lot other, a lot of other names. Torah's Kohanim. Oh, it's all about the Kohanim. Geula describes what happens. But what, why the countings? What's so special about the Pekudim? So much emphasis. Numbers in English. Numbers. What's the big deal about numbers? Say so a count. What's so significant? Says the Nitziv in his Psicha to Sefer by Midbar. Source number two. V'nirsha b'das rabosenu inyin shnei hapakudim shebazah sefer. Chazal pick up on the two countings that occur in this sefer. Yoser misha'arei dvarim shemiyuchadim b'zeh sefer. More than any of the other items and events that take place in this sefer, they pick up on the pakudim. Kemo hameraglim. That's also a pretty big one. Why don't we call this sefer Hakhana Laknisa, which they they lost they lost out, but I don't know, the safer of the wandering in the desert. It's even it's not so positive. But there's that why is Pakudim that somehow captures what this is all about? Miraglim Birchazbilla Vod Harbe. Mishum, why? Says the Nitziv, these countings, there are two countings that take place. There's one in our parsha. And there's one later on in Pinchas. What's the difference between the countings? If you look very closely, there's a difference between the two countings which symbolize, says the Nitziv, two totally different types of Hashgacha. Because Bamidbar, says the Nitziv, is the transition safer. 
It's the transition of the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu and the type of hashgacha that Am Yisrael had during the time of Moshe Rabbeinu and the hashgacha that they're going to have post-Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember Sefer Dvarim? Nothing takes place in Sefer Dvarim. It's six weeks of one speech. That's all it is. Rosh Chodesh Shvat till Zion Adar. That's it. That's the whole Sefer. Eilat Vavashat Diber Moshe before he dies. And the whole Sefer is right before he dies. Nothing happens in Dvarim. It's all in the 40th year right before Moshe Rabbeinu dies. So Bamidbar, Bamidbar is the transition. First we have, right after the left Mitzrayim, we have Bamidbar, right, through Korach. And the middle of Korach, Chukas, Korach, Chukas, all of a sudden, we spoke last year about the blackout years. There are 38 years where nothing is told to us what happened during those 38 years. And then we pick up, in the end of Chukas, Miriam dies. What happened? At the end of the 40th year already. So the second half of the Sefer is already the 40th year. We start off dealing with the first and the second year, which will continue for 39 years, and then we get into the 40th year. Says the Nitziv, the two countings, the first in our parsha and the next one in Pinchas, capture the different types of hashgacha that was going to take place for Klal Yisrael during these two time periods. Moshe's door and post-Moshe, which still exists today. So, with that background, let's see the Nitziv. Mishum again, line three. The Ikerzaz Sefer, who Hamachlif u Mishane, Halichos em Hashem, Bechayeha Olam, Me'oz, Shigil, Eretz Yisrael. It catalogs all of the travelings. Minaderach Shahochu Bamidbar. Shebamidbar, Hayu Misnahagin, Bamidas Tif Eres. Shahalach Liamin Moshe, Shahulagamri, Lamalame, Halichos Ateva. Moshe Rabbeinu symbolizes Lamalame Ateva. His time period, the Makas, Kriyas Yamsuf, the Mon, all of the Nisim, the Be'er and Anan also lasted, even after Aaron and Miriam died, till when Moshe died, they all left. The Gemara tells us in Maseches Tainus. But the Moshe Rabbeinu's years, that symbolizes Hanhagas Hanis, Me'alateva, that Am Yisrael was to. Their shoes grew with them. There were no potholes. Everything was flat. No mountains in the desert. Only three of them were left. But once they came into Eretz Yisrael, everything was about to change. They were about to have to sow and harvest and get their grain from the land. And the Nitziv says, you know when this started? This started before they actually went in. Even during the last year, Hashem was already weaning them to be able to get used to this type of existence. Even in the days post-Moshe Rabbeinu. As I explained in Parshas Chukas, and he'll get to a little bit later, where exactly did it switch? Which event? We'll get to soon. And that's why you find in the 40th year, but Israel are fighting wars. When did they ever fight a war before? What, you know what wars before war? Moshe Rabbeinu holding up his hands. That was the war. And Am Yisrael looking up to Shemayim, boom. And there was the sun and the moon that was stopping. Okay, it happened once or twice afterwards with Yeshua and Amen alone. But generally, they, were, they had to fight 31 kings when they went in. But that even happened in year 40. Nasu Melchamos Yisrael, Amakanani, Vim Sichon, Vederach Ateva. 
Teva already started then. The special staff of Moshe was only used once in a while. It wasn't always the Moshe Rabbeinu. You need something? Boom. This shinui that occurs in Sefer Bamidbar, we'll get back to the Bakudim in a minute, that's even alluded to in the Medrash and Bracious. Where the Medrash, based on Psukim and Bracious, say that every Sefer of the Torah is alluded to in another phrase. Yes, because that's the transition Sefer of Or and Choshech. Or, Lamalam and Ateva, Choshech, this world, Hester Punim, Teva. It's a Sefer by Midbar, Shu Mabdil ben Yoti Mitzrayim, Uvin Boi Haaretz. That's in general. Now says the Nitziv, let me explain specifically. Achain, line 12. Ikara Hefresh Hazeh Hayanikar Bishnei Hapkudim. The two countings. Shayu Shnei Imyonim Shavim Bechomer Hamaisa. On the outside, it looks the same. But Israel were counted here, and Ben Israel were counted there in year two and year forty. Vinishtanu b'tzuras hamaisel fi alichas Yisrael. But if you look closer, you notice slight differences that signify a difference in the purpose of the countings. Mishem hachi, give you the first one. Bepamari shona hayapi seder at the galamid alad ruchos kemerkavaleshchina. The first time they were counted and organized around the aron, which is in the middle. The entire counting was about structuring them and counting them in their connection to Hashem, which is in the middle with the Shechina. Ephraim is before Menashe. Because Ephraim was known as the spiritual leader. So we know, as we'll get to soon, he learned Torah with his grandfather. The first person we know in history of the Torah that had a relationship with his grandfather, explicitly. Ephraim and Yaakov. By Ephraim Rosh HaDegel, V'kodim Menashe. Later on it says that Menashe was first. Why? Because Menashe was the mundane leader. The Masha was the warrior. As later on in Sefer Shoftim, we have great Shoftim from Menashe. If you'll turn for a minute, turn for a minute to the next source. It's the Nitziv's own commentary on that Pasuk by Menashe. Look in source number four for a minute, on top. Ba'alav Matem Menashe Says that it's Siv on line five. Vahainu the Afagab de Ephraim haya rosh hadegel hainu mishum shahanhagas hamidbar haya nisit ubazeg gadol koach Ephraim avamikamakom mashenidrushu balichot olam. But what was needed for mundane matters haya Menashe gadol me Ephraim. Menashe was greater. So before you're going into Eretz Yisrael, you know who comes first. Menashe comes first. A slight difference, but it opens up worlds for us. Another difference, says the Nitziv, going back to the first source. Another difference. Who were the leaders of these Groups of the Shvatim. Line 16. The Shvatim themselves supplied their own leaders. It's appropriate in Kvot Shamayim for there to be beautiful structure. Ruvain is here with a leader from Ruvain. Shimon is here with a leader from... Every Shevet with a leader from within. When you go into Eretz Yisrael, just get the best man for the job to lead them. You have three people from this Shevet that are great warriors, put them in front of three Shvatim. 
much more tachlis, much more practical need. In Pinchas, as the Nesiv there explains, which I gave it to you, in source number five, the Nesiv says, it's Labdafka that it has to be one per shavit from each shavit. So the Pekudim themselves symbolize the transition. The first Pekudah in our parsha, B'derech Nes, and the later Pekudah, B'derech HaTeva, that's what Bamidbar is about. That's why Sefer HaPekudim captures the name of the, that, that name of the Sefer captures the essence of the Sefer. And then finally, one step further. And with this, we'll finish the Nisiz thought. We know the Gemara tells us in Masech Shabbos that even though we think there are five Svarim in the Torah, and that's what we call it, Chamisha, Chumshei Torah, that's what we call it, a Chumish, really there are seven Svarim in the Torah. You might not think so, there are seven Svarim. In Bamidbar, there are three. There's Pre-Vayibin Soa, Vayihibin Soa, Venucha Yomar, and Post Vayihibin Soa. What does that mean? Oh, with the upside down nuns, backwards nuns. So what do you mean there are three Svarim there? Says the Nitziv, that's the transition moment. That's when it took place. That's when it occurred. That's when it started. Hashem already foresaw, I'm going to have to start a little bit. Why? Because what happens right after Vayibin Soa? Miss Oninim, Miss Oninim. They can't, de- they, they, they can't live on such a high plane. The complaints. Lulamdenu, line 19. Kasher ki aschalas hashinu yihaya min vayihi ha'am ki misoninim. V'chi b'shvil shehisnagu b'midas tiferes. Nenshu miyad achar shechatu. They sinned, boom, they were punished. But Hashem said you can't live like this. Ki ayetzel ha'ashkach al yad yaminam. Hashem was right with them. V'davar zeh ha'ya kasha aleim lisbol. At shegaram l'shloach meraglim. All of those sins, putting it into a context... Was their ultimate goal was to live b'derech hateva, going in derech Israel. Hashem said, "I got, I got to be mocked in that a little bit. I got to start it up a little earlier." And that's why that's the split by Ben Soa into various farim: the sefer of teva, the sefer of afterwards, and the sefer of nes earlier. But that's what all sefer dvarim, sefer bamidbar, is all about. Okay, shnei nevim in a misnabim the signon echad. But same, very similar thought is said by Rav Solveitchik in the Divrei Arav in the third volume put out by Rav Shechter in source number six. Doesn't get into the whole idea of the name of Sefer Bamidbar, but he's just Meir, the Ha'ara that the Nitziv made, which is really the Ha'ara that the Ramban makes, that in our Puda Ephraim is before Menashe, and in Pinchas, Menashe is before Ephraim. So the Ramban already picks up on that. The Ramban in source number 7 on the bottom just says, well, maybe it depends which shavit had more people in it. And the larger one went first. Okay. But the, the Rav in source number 6 said this, says almost the same exact thing as the Nitziv. But he has a few Chazals, which we just alluded to. Vahayanir Lomar, line 6, back in source 6. Al-Pitivay Rashi, Parshas Mikates. Rashi says... Remember, Yosef pretended that he didn't know Hebrew. And therefore, there was a translator in between them. Who was the Melitz? Rashi quotes Zemanasha. It was his son. It was all charade. It was all charade. Why Menashe? Why not Ephraim? Menashe was the one that was involved in the day-to-day activities of the Egyptian court, of the Egyptian Malchus. But Yomel Yosef, Yosef, your father's sick. Who told Yosef his father was sick? Ephraim, who had been learning with his grandfather, came to Yosef and said, Zaydi's sick. Ephraim. 
Ephraim was the learner. And Menashe was the one that was involved. Being involved in Sarachet Sibur is, is crucially important. You have to be important. The Ushalmi has an extreme line. In a certain sense, we have to, we have to be involved. To be involved in the world. And that was Menashe. And we quoted a couple of years ago, that's why Ephraim got the right hand. Hand symbolizing Ruchnius, but Menashe got the right foot. Right? He didn't switch the boys, he just switched the hands. In because they both needed a right. But says the Rub now, that is why Ephraim went first earlier and Menashe later. Similar to a Yusachar Zvulin type of split. Line 25, Yalpiza Hainir Lavaer, let me explain. Dilainyan at the Golan Baparshas by Midbar. Viseder Khanayas Hamachno Savim La Oamoid. Once we're talking about how they, they encamped around the Ohel, around the Aron. Shahani don who miye yosir karovla Moshe Rabbeinu. Lishwamiano Tvarashem. Who's gonna be closer to Moshe? That Ephraim goes first. Bazeh Haya Ephraim Iker. Shari Huaya Yosir Taman Chacham. Achain Bachalukas Haaretz later on. Shehumi Iske Hatzibur, he picks up in uh, in Masay, the, the um, Nisib was focusing on Pinchas, Bevadi Nirisha Menashehu Iker. Either way, it's a similar idea that Rasulvechik says, similar to the Nisib. Okay, moving right along. We're still in countings. That's what this parsha is about. Still in many countings, but let's let's read the Pasik for a minute. Vaidab Hashem, beginning of the parsha. Vaidab Hashem, Moshe, Bemimar Sinai. Hashem says to Moshe in the desert of Sinai, on the first day of the second month, meaning Rosh Chodesh Iyar, a year later, Derech Agav, Derech Agav, by the way, this is one of the exceptions, or not exceptions, one of the places where everybody must agree, though various times in the Torah stories, the Rashi and the Ramban argue about whether items are read in chronological order or not. The Ramban is always wont to say, it's an order, it's an order, and he'll bend over backwards to try to say the Torah is written in order. And Rashi is not bothered. The Torah is not, doesn't mean that the Torah is written out of order. The Torah is not written in chronological order. But there are some times where the Torah gives dates. If the Torah gives dates, then you can't get out of that. So the Ramban has to agree that there is... Um, one, at least one, that's written out of order. The beginning of Bamidbar is the first day of the second month of the second year. And if you look in Paraktes of Bamidbar, it is the first month of the second year. So, you can't get out of this Pesach Sheni, Parashat Baloscha. So, you can't get out of that one. Good. Continuing. Se'u es Rosh Kaladas Bnei Yisrael Mishpachosam, Lavesavosam. Lift up, literally. Lift up. We know it means to count. Count the heads of the of the uh, congregation, Lumish Bachosam, Lavesavosam, Bimispar Shemos, by name, Kol Zachar, Lugogolosam. Every male, Lugogolosam, according to their heads, or literally according to their skulls, a Gulgolas. Ezra Zevin, what's that extra word teaching me? Lugogolosam. It gives us uh, the imagery, Lugogolosam. What exactly is the message of that word? Especially. In contrast to the other countings, 
Look at Rashi for a moment. Rashi says, Logogolosam. He says, Al Yedei Shkalim. Good. And then Rashi quotes, Mitochi Basam Lofana. We'll get back to this. Monausam Kosha. Right, because he loves them, that is why he, he counts them as, as, uh, as such. If you look in the beginning of Rev. Zevin, Pierce Rashi, he quotes it, Kishanaflu Be'egel, Manan Leda Minyan Hanusarim. When he counted them after the Egel, he needed to count them practically. He wanted to know how many were left. And here too, he wants to be mashwish shechina on them, so he counts them. Post Egel, and now Hashras shechina. Right? Now that we have a Mishkan, we have Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence residing on the Kruvim, he wants to count us again. V'yesh Hevdel, says the Latorah V'lamoatim. V'yesh Hevdel ben minyan achar ha'egel l'minyan shalafaninu kan. Though Chazal connect and contrast the two, there's a difference between them. And it's all alluded to in that one word, L'gulgulosam. What is that word? Says of Zevin. Shum be'egel nomar kisisa as rosh b'nei Yisrael. V'lo nomar l'gogolosam. V'kan nomar su as rosh v'chulu l'gogolosam. What's the emphasis of l'gogolosam? Why did Hashem count them? And focus on the word. We have to focus on the word used in the Torah for counting. Su'u. When we count something, we're machshiv it. And we lift it up. So both countings, Hashem was lifting us up. But what was he lifting us up from? Lift up the Rosh. The Rosh. Why? Because our Rosh was shaku, our Rosh was sunken in to our Chumriyus, to our, to our animalistic side of dancing around a, a golden calf. So the he had to lift up our head from the goof. As the Pasik says, The type of the goof, and that's partially, some of Harshim explain why a cow came out of calf. The animalistic side of Amisrael was being portrayed and 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 uh, exposed, and this is the Egel came out of it. It's the physical assets. They were bowing down to the gold and the silver. Their whole body was low down. Hashem had to, had to pick up our heads out of that. Pick up our heads, meaning pick up our seichel. Pick up our, how we think. Let the seichel overcome. Our head and our seichel was being held hostage by our goof. And that is why Hashem, when he was misakin and helped us out of it. Line 12. He had to lift up our head from where it was sunken into and, and take it out. That's kitisa as rosh. He lifted up our heads. Wonderful. But then there's an even higher madrake of what Hashem could do for us. Because here we weren't sunken in. We were ready for Ashras Ashkina. What does Ashras Ashkina mean? And what does that do for a person? It makes the person go beyond wherever we thought our boundaries were. Beyond what we could imagine. Beyond what we logically can explain. 
We go beyond what our brain tells us. There's a little space above the brain before you hit the skull. Se'uis rosh b'nei Yisrael Bring them up even more. You got the rosh out of the guf. But now bring the seichel up. L'gulgulosam. Vadai madrega gadola yizul romemus arosh. Haseichel v'machshav v'lamida v'komus kuf. It's wonderful to pick up the rosh and the seichel. Standing up straight. Right, by the way, he doesn't quote it here. But that's how many of the Bali Musa explain why animals generally walk on all fours. Because their head's down with their bodies. While a person walks on two feet. Naturally. Because their head's above. And their head rules. Even a gorilla... Naturally, if he wants to run, he's going to get that on all fours. A human being is not going to run on all fours. Right? That's the, when a baby learns to walk and he really wants to get somewhere, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go down to crawling. He knows he can get, get somewhere faster by running. So, yes, it's wonderful and it's a Milo when we have our head up. But there's something above Seichel. When we can connect to Hashem in a deep way which we can't even explain... Our intellect is limited. Human intellect is limited. Limited. And when Hashem wanted to be Masha Shechina, He said, I want to take you beyond yourselves. I want you to go beyond where you could have ever imagined because your mind can't fathom what it's going to be like. Thinking about the Chazals, about sitting in Nen and Mizev We have no idea what that means. Well, our crown's going to be on our heads. They each got a crown for Nasev and Ishmael. What does that mean? They got a crown for Nasev and Ishmael. We can't fathom it because it's beyond Seichel. Hashem has to lift us up. L'gulgul osam. Acharei ha'egel. Line 21 now. Hashem had to take us out of the mud. But for Ashraz Hashchina... He brought us all the way up even more where the skull is. Many doctors in the room can talk about this better than I can. And it's above it, the skull. That's a symbol. That's a symbol of what's above intellect. I might just add that it's fascinating that we put our tefillin shalrosh on that skull, on that seichel. Above the seichel, above the skull, that's where we have that symbol of the connection, like the Gemara tells us, where we have in our tefillin, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, Hashem has in his tefillin, Mika Amcha Yisrael Goyechad Ba'aretz. At that point on our skull, which according to Rav Zevin symbolizes that, that what's beyond, that's where we connect ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a deeper way. Okay, moving right along. Perak Gimel, after we talk all about the Tegalim, Perak Gimel, Pasuk Mem Gimel. A question that we've dealt with in the past, but we'll have a new thought tonight. Pasuk Mem Gimel. Vayikol b'char zacher b'mispar sheimos b'ben chodesh v'malal of kudahem. Levi. How many Leviim were counted? Every Shevet is counted, and Levi is the smallest. The smallest of all the Shvatim, 22,273. That's it. Later on, these 273 are going to play a role later on. It's going to be the extras that you have to do pidyon with when the Levium and the firstborns had to switch. So 22,273 Levium. All the Mepharshim, Rishon and Machronim. Why was Levi so small? 
compared to all the other Shvatim. Why was Levi so small? Just look at some of the other Shvatim's numbers. Turning back. What were some of the other Shvatim's numbers? Ephraim. Ma'as elef u'shmonas alafim u'meya l'sibosam. Hundreds of thousands. What is the... Don. Ma'as elef v'shiva v'chamishim elef v'sheish meos. They're huge. Levi was 22,273. So if you look at the clay yakar, we're just going to... We never did the last shot of the clay yakar. The clay yakar quotes six different shatim. I think four out of the first five we've done. Just to mention them quickly again outside, but you have them all here with you. If you'd like to review, source number seven. I'm sorry, source number nine on the right side. So, number one, he quotes, maybe, maybe it's to teach us that 22,000 is the minimum amount of Jews which achieves a certain quality of hashras hashchina that is beyond even we know that even one Jew learning Torah has, has uh, Shechina. But 22,000, you make a special bracha. So maybe that's why. One of the small shavers between 22,000 is Shechina even on that little shaver. Okay. Says the Klayakar, that's one shot. Not so happy with that shot. He quotes the Ramban, which we've quoted in the past. The Ramban says that it's parallel to the Inuyin in Mitzrayim. If you remember, the Ramban says, we need Shmos. The more that power tortured them, the more they multiplied. So Levi wasn't persecuted. So Hashem didn't have to give them the nace of multiplying. Levi didn't have shisha v'karasachad. Only the shvatim that were persecuted were zochet to the miracle of having tremendous amount of babies. Levi wasn't in the persecution. Okay, number two. That's the Ramban. Number three, he quotes, V'yeshomrim, they weren't going to have a, a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, and we were going to have to support all of them, so it would be hard for us to support hundreds of thousands. Okay, he doesn't like that. He says, well, Hashem could have figured out a way for us to support them. Kodesh Baruch could have done it. Okay. V'yeshomrim, line 21. We'll get back to that one, Beth Hashem. It was dangerous carrying the Aaron. If you don't carry it properly, you're going to get zapped, which we'll talk about soon. Maybe that's a shot. Source 5. Like, I'm sorry, number five, Yeshomrim line 24, Hashem wanted a pure Shevet. Pure has to be smaller. That's why he got rid of all the chaff and left them perfectly pure. Okay, I don't know about Korach, but, um, but this is, it was another Pshat. Okay, that's all background. Valinira. Kedarka Bakodesh, the Klayakar, great Darshan of Prague, Volinere, he said, this is what I think. It's Mikra. Gives us an insight into a Chazal that we're familiar with, but a tremendous limitation on the Chazal. Lafisha Matzina Begzeres Paro. We know the Gemara, I think it's in Masecha Soto, which Rashi quotes in Shmos. Shegirash Amram is Ishto. Amram after Paro made the Xera, all boys are getting thrown into the Nile. Amram says, forget it. I'm not having more kids. Divorce his wife. Amram divorced his wife. V'yaman zman rabbul peri yivarivya. And he allowed it for many, many years. After all, how old was Yochavet? 130. 130. The Ramban even notes it's a bigger miracle than Vaisari made. The Ramban discusses why the Torah doesn't mention it. Right? She was 130 years old. Yochavet. When she, uh, when she got remarried again and started having kids. So for many years, Chazal say that Amram was the God of Adar. If the God of Adar divorced his wife because of the situation, they all divorced their wives because of the situation. 
suggests that Klayakar only Shevet Levi did, not the rest of Klai Yisrael. Mistama, lo Yisrael How is it humanly possible for the average person to remain without a wife for so many years? Sharu Chazal, Chazal says the Nashim Sidkanius, all the stories. What that was only, it was only in, in after many many years later. The Klayakar assumes no. Through they kept the, the positive, optimistic outlook throughout through the Avodas Parech, and only Sheva Levi followed the Gadol Hadar. He was from their Shevet. They were the ones that followed. They weren't downtrodden. They were a little more, they had their own life. They could handle it. But they were still scared. Like Amram, did you ever think about that? What was Amram scared for? He wasn't in the Shibud. What was he worried about his own kids for? Says the Klayokar, and it's very mistaken. Amram looks at Paro, and what did Paro order? Even the Egyptian boys got thrown into the Yam. Into the Yor. So what, it's so far-fetched to think that Shlevi was going to be under the, the decree? Rashi quotes that in, in Shmos. There was one day that his astrologers told him that today, today he was born, the Goa was born, they threw all the babies in. They thought they would be included. That's why they were so little. They were so little because they weren't with their wives for so many, so many, so many hundreds of years, so many tens of years at least. Only Shevet Levi. He says, I didn't see this anywhere in a Medrash or in a Chazal, but that's his suggestion. That the Amdu Kulam, a little difficult with Kulam, you have to say Kulam means all of Shevet Levi, the Gershun and Shosehem, and that explains why they were much, they were much smaller. Just Der Chagav, it is Erev Shuas, um, and uh, can mention that related to this, Moshe Rabbeinu's due date was on Shuas. That's how we know three months earlier, he was born on Zion Adar, he was born after six months, he was born on Zion Adar, that's three months before Shavuos, three months, and then the Mitzrayim came to check up on him, and that's when he had to be put into the Suf, but that is, that's the clay yucker. Six different Shatim, why exactly Shavuot Levi was the smallest Shavuot. Okay, continuing. Let's read a Medrash. I gave you the entire Medrash, it's an amazing Medrash, um, we're just going to focus on one point of it, but the entire Medrash gives us background. And we're going to get to what the Mesul Sisharim says about the Medrash, expanded upon by Rav Palm. Says the Medrash. It's based on the Pasuk at the end of the Parsha. Perak Dalit Pasuk Yurches. Pasuk says all the way at the end, after Maftir, Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Al Tachrisu as Shevet Mishpachos Akahasi, Mitoch Halavim. Don't cut off Kahas. Kahas is in danger. What's the danger? It says, don't cut off Shevet Kahas from Levim. Zos asulam v'chayu v'loyimusu. Do this for them so that they live. B'kishtam es Kodesh HaKadoshim. When they come close to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, meaning carrying the special Kalim, that was their job. Aaron uvanav yavohu v'samu osam ish ish ala v'adasov ha'amasao. Make sure they have their designated jobs. Make sure they have their designated jobs. That way they'll live. They won't come to see the Kodesh while it's uncovered. The Kohanim cover it up before they come. The Levim come and carry it. Everybody has their own jobs. That's the Pasuk. The Medrash gives a lot more 
background and color to these psukim. Source number 10, going over to the next page. Amr Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. What was the danger? What Misa do we have to protect them from? Who was killing them? What? Protect them that they don't die? Everybody dies since Adam Arisha. What do we protect them from death? Everybody dies. There's something to do with the Aron which they carried that brought death upon themselves. How? How did it bring death? Ketzad. There were two laser beams, we would call them. Right? That's what Shay Bad. Two Nitsots and Shalesh. Lasers. Coming out of the bottom of the Aron. Any enemy that's coming any enemy any enemy that's coming by will get zapped. That's what it says. And how do you know? And he quotes the different sukkim. Skip to tw- line twelve. Vikivachayu anitsotin yotin hai soha eish shafa bitoaniha aron. Vayin is rafinum is matin. Whoever was close to the aron sometimes got in the way. Rahman al Islan. So was the Aron. But why did they get in the way? Why wasn't it orderly? Let's continue reading. Continues the Madrash. Going over, going over. Kahas was smaller than the other. In ratio, in the one, in the 30 to 50, they were smaller, explains the Medrash. Why? Skip now to line 11 on the next page. Source 11, line 11. Lama Kain. Ella. Kishem Sha'amar Abazu Ben Badash Bishem Rabbi Yosi Bereb Zimra. Mitoch Sha'aisa Ha'ish Yotes Veshava Betoni Ha'aron Ha'yumis Matin. Because there were these, these, um, laser beams. Vahayu Kolechad Veechad Ratzin. So you know what the class used to do? They all used to run to do something else. I'm not going near the Aaron. Zen no tell us a sholchan, vizen no tell us a menorah, vizen no tell us a mizbachos, ubarchin min haaron. I'm not going near there. Instead of studying and figuring out the proper way to carry the Aaron, they said, forget the Aaron. I don't need this. And the Aaron was left disgraced. Vahaya Hakadosh Baruch Hu koes alehem v'shuv hayu miskalin. Hashem got upset. That's the first opinion in the Medrash. We're going to think, and that's why Hashem says, "I don't want to get upset at them." Al tachrisu Hashem v'rakahasi. Give them jobs so they know exactly who's carrying the Aaron and who's carrying the mizbech v'chulu. That's the background to the pasuk. Al tachrisu as b'shvach Hashem v'rakahasi. That's the first opinion. Says the second opinion on 26. Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachman Amar. Chas v'shal. How can you say such a thing? Lo hayu b'nei kahas manichinas aron v'rasen l'shol ha-menorah. You just can't say that about kahas. They ran away from the aron. Says Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachman, it's just the opposite. Ela af al pishem ismatin hayu nosin nafshem al aron. Just the opposite. Aye, what was the problem? Look at this. Unbelievable. Again, you remember the Midrashim, a lot of these Midrashim, some of them were Masorah that they had all the way going back, and a lot of them, they were the Drushes that they gave in Shul, from the Tanoim. They all Tanoim. They gave the Drushes in Shul to teach messages. Ela Mipnei, Shahayu Yodin, Shakomishatoin, Ba'aren, Schara Maruba. No, they knew that the Aaron is the best. They knew that the Aaron get the most Schar. 
And therefore, just the opposite. They all ran to the Aaron and left all the other Caleb. And you know what they did? I was here first. Leave. I have this, I have this bond. Leave. Oh, push him away. Just the opposite. And the Shekhinah got angry. And the Mela Hashem says, Two opposite views of the Medrash. Whether they left the Aaron alone and Hashem got angry, or they were all fighting, similar to the stories in Mesechah's Yuma, about the Kohanim running up the ramp and giving, pushing the other, giving the other one a broken leg until they made the, the pious, the Goro, the lottery. Same idea here. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I don't want them fighting. What's the message? I mean, these two, this Medrash could stand on its own. The Mesol Shishar. What's the message of the second opinion? Second opinion. The Mesol Shisharim develops an entire parak, parak chaf, relating to an issue that we've discussed before. We're going to read the end of the parak first, where he talks about our pasik, and then we'll get back to the first half of the parak. So if you turn over the page to source 13 for a minute, this parak is Mishkal HaChasidus, weighing piety. Sometimes we can look at something and we think we're doing something amazing and wonderful and mitzvah filled. And Rahman al-Tzlan, it's far from it. These Kohanim, these Leviim, guys, they were running, I want to do the art and this is the most hard. Oh, boom, bow. What kind of mitzvah is that? Mishkal HaChasidus, says the Ramchal. Let's pick it up with where he talks about our our Pasuk, I'm sorry, is that the bottom of the previous page? What does he talk about? Yeah, I'm sorry, the bottom of the previous page it starts. Bottom of the previous page. He quotes, let's just start with that column in line 9. Harelacha, she'ein ladun b'chasidus ha'maisa b'asher husham levad. You can't judge an act of piety on the surface. Achzarech lefnoz ko v'ko l'chol atstadin she'yachol seichel adam liros. We have to look at every aspect and element of the action that we're going to be involved in. I have to know exactly. Should I or shouldn't I? It's not always clear. He says, When is tochacha appropriate or when is it going to backfire? Very difficult to know. And sometimes if I do the wrong thing, it causes the opposite results. And he says on line 17, That's what it says in Yevamis. It's a mitzvah to say what will be heard. It's a mitzvah not to say what won't be heard. Re'ei. Look. And here's our example. Pashutu, it's obvious. Sheroi l'chaladam liyos makdim v'rath l'dvar mitzvah. Obviously, you should run to do a mitzvah. Ule hishtadel liyos min ha'oskim ba. You gotta run to do a mitzvah. Ach, hinei l'famim yachol lihi valeid mizem meriva. But what if it will lead to a fight? And it will cause a tremendous chil Hashem instead. Sometimes it's better not to do the mitzvah than to do it in a fighting way. And he quotes our medrash, he quotes the second opinion, they're all fighting over the Aaron, turning over the page, top of the line, they were knowing Kalos Rosh and the Shekhinah was Pogaz, they thought they were doing something wonderful and great. But, 
they were going overboard and they should have let their friends do it. Should have let their friends do it. it says that was the problem with these Leviim. And therefore he says, If there's an Iker Mitzvah that you have to do, then anyone who makes fun of you, you have to do it anyway. That's the first simon in Shulchan Aruch, in the Torah. The Torah says we shouldn't be embarrassed by wearing tzitzes, by doing any mitzvah. If I have to do a mitzvah, I do it. But what am I talking about here in this parak? says the Ramchal? What's beyond the Iker Hadin? A mitzvah that is not incumbent upon me that I have to do. It's what I want to do. It's a good idea to do it. It will cause me to be singled out. I shouldn't do it. And who else teaches us this? Says the Ramchal, line 26. Rebbe Tarfon. We all know one of the most famous stories in Shas because it's the first story in Shas. Shas Mishnayis. That Rebbe Yudanasi put in. Rebbe was a master teacher. He knew every so often he needs stories also. So he put Rebbe Tarfon all the way in Brachas. Rabbi Tarfin, remember the story? He laid down to say Kriyashma. To go like Beshamashita. Beshach Bacha, literally Beshach Bacha. Even though Beshol doesn't say that. And he laid down, then what did he say? He said, Kanti asked me, everybody else him. I put myself in danger. I almost got murdered. I almost got, uh, forget it. And Chazal, in Brachas there, say Rabbi Tarfin was wrong. Why was he wrong? What did he do wrong? He was being Machmir. You're being Machmir after the Bosco went out and said, Halakha Kebes Hillel. And you should follow Beis Hillel. That's not a, that's not a, a chumr. That's a chumr with a downside. Hinei, line 31. Ki yuma shal Torah, she gemar din zeh yishayar b'chal tokef v'ad ol'omei olamim, v'lo yechlosh b'shem panim, shal te'aset Torah chas v'shalom kishtei toros. says, Beis Shammai was rejected l'halacha. Not to learn, but to, to follow normative practice. So what Ritarfin did was wrong, and he admitted it. But that's Mishkal HaChasidus, that's what the Levim did wrong here. They were running up to do the mitzvah, to get the Aaron. Fighting along the way is inappropriate. Beforehand, the first half of the parak we discussed in past years, that was the chait of Zechariah ben Afkulis, in the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, according to the Ramchal. No, we can't kill him, because people will say, if you bring a Balmum to the Mizbeach, the Chayim Misa. We can't kill him. That was misplaced piety, says the Ramchal. And he gives other examples of this as well. But just to bring it home, in his own inimitable way, Rav Palm gives many examples, as only Rav Palm could do. First he quotes Rav Yisrael Salanter. One time, he was doing Natilas Yadayim, he was always back to use much water. For Natilas Yadayim, one time he used very little water for Natilas Yadayim. He said, Rebbe, why? He says, you see that woman who has to schlep the water up? From the river, I'm gonna I'm gonna be machmir and use extra super duper shiurim on her account. Forget it. Mishkala Hasidus was his whole life, says Rapam. And he continues. He says another time on the next page, Rabbi Yisrael was invited to spend Shabbos with one of his wealthy students. Before agreeing to come, he asked, What is what's the pseudo like? He says, Rebbe, the Talmud tells Yisrael Salanter. We have the best kashras. We have three hours of zmiris and divrei Torah. It's unbelievable. And the cook is a great cook. It's an almana of a tremendous time. And she makes great food. Rishon Salander says, I'm coming with one condition. We eat quickly and we bench and we'll sing in divrei Torah after the meal. He's like, okay. They go, they do that. Right after they finish eating, Rishon Salander goes back to the kitchen and says, I wanted to thank you for... Um, 
for the food. And she says, Rebbe, you don't understand what a difference you made on my Shabbos. I'm always here for three hours and I can't leave during the Divrei Torah, during the singing. Now I can go home with my kids and spend the Friday night with my children. Mishka HaChasidus, says Yibi Yisrael Salanter. Look what he continues and says. And we don't think about these things. We think, what's the big deal? The mitzvah of Achnaz Azarachim is one of the hallmarks of the Jewish people. Yet the husband must carefully consider the amount or frequency of Shabbos guests if it will overburden his wife or deprive his children of the quality time that they need on Shabbos. Who are we being, whose toes are we stepping on? The Chafetz Chaim, he quotes, sometimes when he had guests that he knew traveled, he used to sing Shalom Aleichem during the soup. These people want to eat. The Malachim can wait a little bit. These people are hungry. The Chafetz Chaim could do that. And he continues, Lamaisa, story that all of us could do. He says, many times we're at weddings, dancing till very late. Do we think about the babysitter at home, which is sometimes a grandparent well, I'm being misamech hasan v'kalo. What do you mean? Says Rav Pam, mishkala chasidus. And he says, amazing. But he says, Bachram who attend the wedding must take into account mishkala chasidus. He says, sometimes the, the young boys, it's 12, 1 o'clock in the morning and the band finished playing and the parents want to go and they start singing and dancing more. He says, is this simchas chasan v'kalo or the parents want to pay the band already and get home a little bit? So all of these examples, says Rapam, this was the Chet of the Levium. And finally he says, Shalom Bayis examples. Shalom Bayis examples. A young wife has spent much time and thought preparing a special delicacy that she knows her husband enjoys. She expects him home for dinner at 6, 6.15, 6.30. It's getting cold, reheated, not reheated. Turns on the flame, turns it off. 7 o'clock, the husband walks in. And he said, what happened, asked the wife. Oh, nothing. My friend needed a ride to the airport. I got a big mitzvah for taking him. Says Rapam on the next page. Finally, finishing up. Mitzvah, chesed, that is a total lack of Mishkala Hasidus. His chesed came at the expense of his wife, to, which, to, whom, he called much aggra- to whom he caused much aggravation. Mishkala Hasidus comes up in all areas of our life, in any stage we are in, to parents, to spouses, to friends. And it comes from the Levium and the Medrash in our parsha. Okay. Two final thoughts. One of them is Bamidbar Shvuas related and one is Shvuas related. Getting back to counting. The significance of counting. Rashi at the beginning of our parsha says, we started reading it before. Rashi tells us, why is Hashem counting us so much? Mitochi basan lefanav moneosan kalsha'ah. Because Hashem loves us, He counts us all the time. As we quoted before. Counting, counting, counting. Rav Yerucham just expands on the Rashi. Source 17. Line 4. Hashem didn't need to count us. There was no purpose. There was no goal. It was the means. The means, the process itself was the goal. When somebody counts something that they love very much, let's say somebody loves money. They love the money. They'll count it over and over again. Not because they don't know how much money they have. They love handling the bills. 
Right? They love handling their child has baseball cards. Right? And they just go through them again because how many do I have again? I want to do. They know how many they have. But we handle and we count what we love. That's Rashi. Hashem loves us. He knows how many we are. But he counts us. Because you count what you love. Because that itself reflects love. Counting also does something else. And this is quoted a number of sources are, are uh, quoted or by Simon quotes in the Imre Barach, which Sefer Dvarim just came out of the Imre Barach, but this is by Midbar. Source 18, he quotes a number of sources which tell us that counting also means if you're missing one, that affects the whole sum. It's not that if you're missing one, it's just that one is affected. If I don't have the entire whole, of, if I'm missing any one, then the whole sum is wrong. If any one Jew is missing, then the whole sum is lacking. And Bamidbar, which we read before Kabbalah Satorah, before Shavuos, that's the message that we need to hear. Hashem counts us. Hashem loves each and every one of us, and each and every one of us are, is preparing for Kabbalah Satorah. Line 4, the Medrash tells us in Bracious, on the passage by Yaakov Avinu, V'ne'esfu shama kol ha'adarim. Remember when he went to Rachel. All the herds gathered by the well, the galuas ha'evan me'alpiyah be'er, and he rolled the stone off. Rabbi Yochanan patava b'sinai, Rabbi Yochanan interprets this as har sinai. The be'er is the be'er of mayim chayim of Torah. Vayar v'inei be'er z'sinai, v'inei sham shlosha kohanim levim v'yisraelim. Ki min ha'be'er ahu, from that be'er, they would be sho'ev the water. The evan, that's the shechina, kol ha'adarim, Every aid there, every Jew was there. Every Jew was at Har Sinai. And every Jew is counted because if there's even one Jew lacking, it affects the whole. It says Rabbi Simon on line 16. Shvuis is for the Rabbanim, for the great ones. For me. What's Shvuis for me? I could have a Kabbalah Torah. Every single Jew has, has a Kabbalah Satora. Just like there was a special pipeline, Alpi Kabbalah, at Harsinai, every Jew had their own personal Kabbalah Satora. That's why we all view Torah in our own unique way. So do every Shvuis. If any one Jew is missing, that affects the cloud. And he quotes, maybe this is even a deeper pshat, in the Gemara of Asra Dafchaf Aleph. The Gemara tells us on the, in the next paragraph, line 23, Yeshua ben Gamla should be remembered Latov. Was it not, were it not for Yeshua ben Gamla, there would be no Torah amongst the Jews anymore. What did he do? Whoever had a father to teach him would be taught. Whoever didn't have a father would not be taught. He was Mesakein, the concept of a yeshiva. Malami Tinokos. He was Mesakein. Okay. That's the Gemara. Ask the Achronim, what does the Gemara say? Without this person, Torah would be forgotten. Because only people who learn with their fathers, not anybody else. I don't understand. Torah wouldn't have been forgotten from all the Jews, only people without fathers. Whoever would have had fathers to teach them, they would have learned Torah. It's only the ones without fathers to teach them. 
Yet the Gemara says, Nishtachu Torah mi Yisrael. So he quotes from the Sefer Teferis Eli Melech. No, the Pshat is, any one Jew that's not learning what he could and should be learning affects the entire cloud. And is beautifully alluded to the Pasuk in Shema. How many times have we said that Pasuk? Why does the beginning of the Pasuk speak in Lashon Rabim and the end of the Pasuk speak in Lashon Yachid? What changed? Because you want to know when it's considered that all of you are teaching your children? When each one of you, when each Jew is learning properly, that's when it's a kiyum of all Jews learning. That's the pshat in uh, the drash in Shema, and that's alluded to the idea of counting, because counting means every every one is important. One final thought. One final thought based on a medrash I heard this week. Um, the medrash we've said a thought in the past, a couple of years ago. I mentioned a thought that I uh, I mentioned a few times. I'll mention it again quickly, but then there's a new thought related to the same Medrash. To the Sifri and Zosah Bracha. Sifri tells us, famous Medrash, when Hashem went around, was going to give the Torah to Am Yisrael, he went around to all the other nations first. Offering them. He doesn't want to, you know, say, oh, you didn't offer it to us? Okay, I'll offer it to you. So he went to the first nation. And he said, on line two, his Halach Esau B'nai Esav, you want the Torah? Right. What's written in it? He says, Lo Sirtzach. They say, sorry. Our forefather, we live by murder. Sorry. Next. He went to Ammon and Moab. You want the Torah? He said, what's written in it? Lo Sinaf. You know who our ancestor was? Lot. What do you mean, Lo Sinaf? Right? What does it say in it? Lo signov, what do you mean, sho signov? Bahuya para adam. No, you smile. Right? So he goes to all the other nations. But then he saw you want the Torah, Nasa Benishma. So the question that we've dealt with in the past has been what was Hashem doing? Hashem wanted to offer them the Torah. So why did he dafka pick the item that he knew that they would reject it with? What's rated it? Hashem should have said, Vahatorehakamocha. Um, keep it up, aim. Hashabbos Avedo, all these nice, wonderful mitzvahs. He dafka told them, no, seriously, it's like making a shidduch, and you, you say all the faults. Yeah, but go out with her anyway. What is that? What's Hashem doing? So he mentioned B'Shem the Chafetz Chaim, I think it was, that, no, maybe the shot was, that Hashem said, do you want the Torah? They said, Ma What's written in it? The second that they said, Ma Hashem says, I'm not interested. Your commitment is based on what's written in it. You have to figure out and then you're going to decide whether you approve or not of the rules. Lo sirtzach. Not interested. Lo sinaf. Commitment is not based on tochen, on content. But any you have the Torah, we'll take it. We have no idea what's written in it. That's called commitment. That's one message which we've dealt with in the past. But there's a, a, new, a new thought that I heard this week in the name of the founding Rashiv of Karabiyavna, Rav Gold of Zahar Levracham. Always oh, a different question on the Medrash. Hashem says, Lo Sirtzach. Like, what? Lo Sirtzach? We can't live without Lo Sirtzach. Hashem Goldach, come on. There's a nation out there that can't understand Lo Sirtzach. 
Everybody understands those Sirtzach. They might kill other nations because they don't think they're human beings, but their own nation. Lo Sirtzach is, is a mitzvah sichlios. How could you say they don't understand Lo Sirtzach? Lo Sinov? Lo Signov? A nation can't believe Lo Signov? If they, oh, I can't. How is that possible? So explain Rav Goldas. No. Makasav Hashem says Lo What is What does Hashem mean by saying Lo Sirtzach? My Lo you know what Losirtzach is? Hashem tells, tells him Losirtzach. Losirtzach doesn't really mean murder. Losirtzach means abortion. Losirtzach means embarrassing your friend in public. Losirtzach means cutting off 35 seconds from somebody's life who's going to die anyway. That's Losirtzach. You know what Losignov means? Even stealing for fun, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Losinov. Losinov means cravelarios. So the nation's like, Lo Sirtzach like that? Forget it. Arlo Sirtzach, Arlo Senaf. We have a different definition of these items and these Averis and these mitzvahs than any other nation of the world. Our unique definition, and that's what they couldn't fathom. That's not murder. Yes, it is murder. That's not Ritzgeneva. We were given a Torah which is all-encompassing, all-inclusive, and we have our own unique definitions of all of the mitzvahs and we should be zolcha to fulfill them, bishlei musa ubemilua, and be zolcha to a true Kabbalah satora. Okay, we'll have a mayor.